Hey guys, and welcome back to this week's episode of That Scale RC Show. This is episode number 39, and I am one of your hosts, Adam, alongside with... Jeremy Allen Kendall, the first. Are you going to seriously do that to me on this one? <laughs> yep. I go and I try to be as casual as possible, and then you just rain on my parade. Even in monotone. Yeah, well, I know. We have some people with us tonight. And they are pretty awesome, and I spent a lot of time around them, and I wanted to share them with, well, I guess we can say the rest of the world now, because we have listeners in, like, Norway and Australia, so, uh, yeah, so the world of Scale RC, please welcome Brett and Brenda Wilson of Die Hard RC. Hello! Hello, Scale RC show! So I know you guys have heard us talk about them quite a bit and give you a little bit of history here before we get going. Um, Die Hard RC started out as a uh, indoor traveling racing program. We had lost one of our local tracks for uh, tent scale uh, RC racing indoors, which was up in Bellingham. And Brett and Brenda made the huge plunge into starting their own racing program from scratch. And it started off are, are we at four or almost five years now five five, yeah. five okay so about five years ago it started off as astroturf with carpeted jumps and it has since then switched over to carpet with carpeted jumps and it is indoors and kind of bounces back and forth between two locations throughout the, actually doesn't bounce back and forth uh, there's one big race at a hobby expo that you guys have heard us talk about on the show and then uh, the rest of the time it's at a church in Snohomish in their gymnasium and they also uh, expanded to where they have an outdoor 10th scale AstroTurf program now. So all the turf that used to be for uh, the racing when this first started ended up being outdoors. And so we have a track to go and do 10 scale racing in the summertime, which is super fun. And it is a huge park on some farmland that they occupy. And um, this last year, uh, it was looking like the airplane program there because there's the park's nuts first of all there's the track there is a drone racing field and then there's an airstrip and the owner of the property wasn't super keen on the airplanes and so that program ended up getting shut down and right about then there was i had invited them to go with me on a couple trail runs and stuff and the scale rc thing was kind of becoming a thing of discussion you know something else to kind of fill the program out there and last summer we put in um a quarter mile of trail and it um it was through this area that's bordering the park and this year it's everything's blowing up and expanding uh we're going to double the trail system and there's going to be a no prep drag strip, a bash area, uh, drone racing, and the off-road track. And then there's some other things we're looking at, too, like mud drags and stuff. So their program has grown from just racing to basically encompassing just about everything RC, with the exception of, like, boats and planes right now. So um, huge, huge uh, <laughs> undertaking, and we'll, we'll kind of get into that. I think... Uh, what do you think, Adam? We should answer questions and stuff first, do that, well, and then go into our talk. 
Uh, I don't know because it's kind of hard because I already kind of like skimmed our questions and you know I did put it out there on a questionnaire because we do have some you know somewhat I would call it breaking news in the RC industry um, yeah. and some of it does have to pertain to that so I don't know if we should talk about some of the big news then answer questions or because then some of the questions might be slightly answered with what we're talking about. Um, but let's let's do the questions and what's new, I guess, if you're cool with that. Okay, not a problem with me. So let's that see way. That. If we run long, we don't have to like scramble to fit stuff in at the end. All right. So we're gonna start from the beginning. Well, I'm not. I don't know if this is beginning. I just hit all comments. Okay. So Jared Blowin. If I'm saying your name right, if not, I apologize. It does, he's my friend. It doesn't matter. Um, he wants to know... Is that what you say about me? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. It don't matter. You can pronounce that word anyway. He said uh, he wants to know, where's my DR10? They actually just posted a thing about that. Um, they're done, boxed, and in transit problem is they don't know when because of the current situation so uh yeah yeah um, we we don't know but it's, they it's are coming up, yeah i would say it's tying up a lot of shipping so i know i'm a little yeah. nervous because i've wanted to order a couple things i just don't know if it'll show up um so then yeah, brandon, things get hung up in customs forever i imagine now oh uh, yeah, yeah. um so brendan clark which actually surprisingly now that I can see all this stuff, it says he's one of our top fans. Says he's uh, getting my six and nine year old kiddos into crawling and need to add one more rig to the fleet. Currently, I have a Gen 1 EXC barrage with Proline Sumo and Pitbull Braven Berserkers for the kids and, and an SCX 10 2 Proline Toyota Class 1 for me. Kiddos really want the 73 Proline Bronco next and looking for possible chassis. Thoughts on the Red Cat Gen 8 pack? Excuse me for 149. It looks tough to beat. Also for Jay, is there currently or is there a possibility of a 17.5 T no prep class at Die Hard? Um, and then he said, dusting off my B4.1 and transferring it to an SCX10 chassis or an SC10 chassis for another low budget scale build. One. Uh, last thing possible, future guest Travis Hill, aka RC Dad, on Instagram. He is just an awesome dude and spreading good word about the hobby. So where to nice. start? Um, he wants to know what our thoughts are. Should he go with a Red Cat Gen Eight pack? Um, well, if he's wanting to do the '73 Bronco, um, it's a 12-inch wheelbase, and I believe the pack. I think they are 12 eight but might include links to make it 12 inch i'm not sure but that's something to keep in mind if that's what he's wanting to do okay um yeah i mean honestly in my opinion any of the kits you can't ever really go wrong doesn't matter what brand you go with because uh you're not getting the body and you're not getting usually um tires and wheels i know i think some of them did come with wheels but not tires and some came with everything minus the body and electronics so um you really can't go wrong um i would say that's a solid choice um and then jay he's asking you and i guess is also a good question for the wilsons would there be a possibility of a 17.5 t no prep class at die hard 
Hmm. I'll let you guys go. <laughs> I, I, we're going to be really loose to build this community. It's going to be uh, run what you brung, and, and uh, we'll build the classes as, as we see the need. Yeah, we just want to have fun. So he wants to run a stock 17.5 turn motor. Uh, Correct. No problem. Man, and I don't. I, ugh, in a short course, that would be. I, I think he'll want to run that about once, and then he'll he'll answer that himself. He'll be over it, yeah, because yeah. it's just not gonna have the get up and go. I mean, honestly, before I, I think before I would do that, I'd even maybe just go with like a Traxxas Valenian system, just because it's cheap. It's like thirty three hundred kV. I'm guessing and, this. Per, the, the, I'm guessing he already owns a seventeen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, motor, Man, so. that's uh Come on out tough. with it. Yeah, try it out and see. That's Come about all I out. can say. You might you might meet people that are just blowing out and driving it off the side of the road, so Yeah, true. So, actually now that I say what I what I was saying earlier, almost everybody that's participating has the top fan ba badge next to their name. Um Rick Texera said, for both of you and your guests, seeing the amazing community they have built up, do you have any advice for someone that wants to start building an RC community? Hmm. Um, have whoop. lots of wonderful friends that want to work hard. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> that's key. Fine that is key, boy. You gotta you gotta have creative people that are very like minded that enjoy and have a passion to dream. And uh, just, yeah, it, it really comes down to having the right people around you. Well, yeah, I think if for, we had to, oops, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think for us, it was just starting to talk about what we wanted, you know, starting to say that we wanted to build this community and, um, and here were some of the ideas of things that we wanted to do together. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, if it wasn't for the volunteers, it wouldn't have happened this last year. It just... It wouldn't have. Oh, well, yeah. It's almost like anything. It's almost like what me and Jerry are doing with the That Scale RC show. You just got to kind of stick with what you want to do, stick to your beliefs, stick to your structure, and just keep you know keep your nose on the grind and just keep doing it, and eventually it'll just catch on. I mean, it's not going to happen overnight, so if anybody thinks this is an overnight success, you got to think again. Oh, yeah, and it be prepared to work a lot because, I mean – we got a good portion in last year, but there is still lots to do to make the uh, experience worthwhile for people. Yeah. Because it, it, it doesn't just happen on its own unless you have, like, some amazing public property or something like that that's available to you. But as far as building stuff, I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. Well, the, the biggest part that we found, you know, as business owners is, is being able to build this with, the uh, keeping the overhead as low as possible so that we're flexible and and trying different business models out you know and not going uh, just because we're always having to change to uh, to be able to keep things you know be able to keep growing yeah, yeah willing willingness to adapt because yeah <laughs> you can have a plan but that can change the minute you start shoveling dirt so. yeah yeah for sure. But I tell you what, we're on fire about all this uh, scale trail builds and, and all the future plans we have coming up in 2020, and I just can't wait to get going on it. We're, we're in the garage working on a lot of fun projects now, but I uh, just want to put that to get that out in the park and get going. 
Yeah, I'm ready for some fresh air and getting dirty and building stuff. Good question, though. And, you know, Brenda, her strengths are in networking, and she really, she really helps build our community just through her networking. Um, and then having Brenda alongside also really uh, shows, you know, the family input that we put into our programs and that, and, and people see that. So our program has, is full of families. Yeah. So it's good balance. It really is. No, thanks. So. <laughs> I think I made her mad is... right before the call. So I got to throw some good stuff out here. Oh boy. <laughs> now, now you've gone and done it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm on a rebuild process. I, I think keeping it family friendly is key too. I mean, because that is what grew your guys racing program. Yeah. And so I think um, if you're looking to build a RC community, whether it's racing or scale or anything, I think the best success is making it family friendly, making people mindful about like language and smoking and stuff around kids and, uh, you know, just keep keep it lighthearted and fun because uh, that that seems to draw, you know, draw the crowds, and that that definitely showed with the racing program there. Well, and we try really hard to make it inclusive, um, and you know, we have such a diverse like community, anyways, and so we try to make it just really welcoming to everybody to come out and. Uh, and that takes a lot for us to like learn how do you deal with a big community that is diverse and because everybody needs something different and they expect different things and so just being flexible there and and just constantly open to learning uh, more and more about people and how to deal with people <laughs> you know something that I you know it hadn't even really crossed my mind when we started all this last summer was people that um, people with disabilities um, yeah. that yeah uh, ended up being a thing that we hadn't even really considered and there's several uh disabled people that come out there and enjoy the park and stuff and so that that's the other thing it's like you know you can think that you have everything planned out and figured out and then you know all of a sudden something like that'll happen and you're like oh you know what we got to be able to accommodate them too i didn't know that you know we had that you know uh customer base too you know and so it, it's cool especially if you're going to do a scale rc thing it's awesome to have it to where it is accessible for for disabled people because of the reason that like a lot of the areas here that we have that are in parks and stuff the natural terrain you couldn't get around in a wheelchair or if you had you know trouble walking and you know had to use crutches or a cane or anything like that and uh you know, this is actually given them the opportunity to come out and experience the hobby, whereas they're probably really limited where they were able to drive before, and the places that they were able to drive at probably weren't that exciting. So, um, well, let, let's be real, Jeremy. I mean, I'm getting old, so I've got to build my future. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's all got to be ADA for me. Well, yeah, we, we've got to have rascal just... scooter trails. <laughs> We just learn so much, um, you know, people, uh, they'll message us and say, here's what I'm dealing with and can you accommodate? And, you know, we put it out to our community and, and people are always stepping up. It's surprising. We, um, we've had a, a couple people that 
um, have really been embraced by the community and um, we just accommodate. We they, they come up with ways to do things that are different and, and we like, yeah, let's try this and let's try that. And it, it's really fun. Uh, it's innovative and I think that's part of the thing we, we love about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't know. I can't really think of any th any other kind of advice we could give. Get out to where the kids are. Get them excited about RC. Um, we, we, we do a lot of boys and girls interaction, boys and girl club interactions. Um, we started, we were racing in, in a few of those, but now we're, um, you know, now we'll go and, and do some daytime stuff when they, when they allow us in to do it. So yeah, get in front of the kids when you can. YMCA's, boys and girls clubs. Yeah, just share your passion with others and you'll be surprised. People will just start surrounding you. Um, you know, show, play, share your toys, and everybody's going to want to be part of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, getting the gen next generation in, that's going to be key because if uh, we uh, only cater to the, you know, adults, then kids don't want to do it. They'd rather be doing something else, and that's how the hobby dies. Well, an example of that would be... Um, our hobby expo we did in Monroe, the fairgrounds this year, um, putting RC in front of, uh, yes, it's a remote control model hobby expo, but it's all things RC. So there was families that, you know, have never seen crawling or never seen carpet off-road racing, or we actually had some no prep drags going on there too, and it just puts it right in front of uh, fresh eyes. So being versatile like that helps a lot. Definitely. Oh, okay, where am I at? Uh, Elliot Chapel, what do you think us as hobbyists and companies as parentheses role models, so to speak, can do to make this more of an accepting and easy to join branch of the hobby? Um, put it, put it, in, put it in different venues that. Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, it's a very good yeah. question, Elliot. It, it, I think a lot of it is just creating venues that you're getting in front of again, fresh eyes, people that haven't. Yeah, if we if we can put it in, you know, a car show, a, a race at a car show, or if we can uh, show up and, and be part of a, a one to one scale um, crawling club, you know, yeah. uh, and and do stuff with those guys. Cross uh, promotion. I cross think. promo. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, that was a big thing. We've done the Hobby Expo for a few years, and it's continued to grow. And I think the reason is because different hobbies are there, and they see, you know, what we offer, and it kind of expands their idea of what remote controls is and what technology is involved. And now, you know, with the drones and cars and... Um, you know, helicopters and crawlers, all of the things. Uh, it, it's just a matter of what what are you into? What's your speed? You know, like I love the drones and the crawlers. That's my speed. I, I'm not I'm not like racing on the turf or the carpet. Um, so people find what they what they're into, and there's so many opportunities. It's great. Did we even touch on his question, Adam? Read that again. Um, so his question basically was, see, I'm trying to figure out a way to answer it myself. He's asking, what do you think us as hobbyists 
and companies as role models, so to speak, can do to make this more of an accepting and easy to join, easy to join branch of the hobby. What I think he's, what I think he's saying is, because like you know, with and you guys kind of touched on this. Okay, so like if you're racing, if you're a racer, whether it's dirt oval, carpet, track, no prep, drag, you know, obviously they're doing it for competition. That's what drives them to do that part of the hobby. Then you have it's kind of like the same thing with drones. You got racing and all that stuff because you know people want to, you know, there it's some sort of a competition. Whereas scale kind of falls into its own unique category. As yes, they they do try to put some sort of competition into it. Like you have show and shines, or you know, we used to do when we did um, endurance runs. We used to be doing certain things for points. Like if you had to rescue somebody, use a scale winch, you know whatever and then someone would come in first and second and all that stuff but anyways um i I, I think i know also i i think i got a, a little bit of some of an idea of where he's going with that too is for the layman person getting into the hobby what do you buy where do you start and how much money do you got to spend you know it's yeah. and 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 how do i know i'm getting the right things to grow if i buy it and i think companies can do a better job in and I know diehard can by adding information to a website that is a shopping list of you know of different options that you can buy to be you know competitive on a diehard scale trail or to be competitive on a diehard drone track or carpet track here's what diehards running and this is what guys at diehard are running just show those packages and let people decide for themselves Make it easier, the information easier to find. And you know, and you know what, you're actually like onto something because we've actually had a couple people message into the show. Like t- today, I was answering a guy. Um, I'd have to go back into our messages. I have to get out of this. Um, and um, so I don't have his name off the top of my head, but he's he's actually asked a couple times. Hey, I got a couple questions. I'm new to the hobby. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And like today, he was asking. I think I finally pulled the trigger. I'm gonna get. I think he got a new Traxxas TRX4, but he wanted to know like what battery he should get and why. Yeah. Like, he didn't want to get like a bat. Like he's like, do you think I should run 2s or 3s? And do you think I should run a smaller pack like a 1500, or should I get a bigger pack like a 5000? And I said, honestly, a lot of people typically pick that on their own that's like their personal preference it's not going to be you know hey this is the right way and that's the wrong way so i the answer i gave him was this this is what you know 2s is going to do this is what 3s is going to do and this is what a smaller pack versus a larger pack and there are some pros and and cons you want to take into that and then you know kind of go from there but i said if you want what you know like a like a more I guess direct answer. I could just say, "Hey, this is what I'm running." Might not be what you want to run, but this is just what I'm running, and here's my reasons for it. And then he said that was an awesome answer. He thinks he's just going to go with what I say. I typically he run. Needs, yeah, these guys, these people just need inside information so they feel comfortable purchasing something that's not going to be outdated or, or not work for them when they show up to to get involved. You know? Yeah. Exactly. And so, um, so yeah, so know, I think gotta, that's... we got to just find a way to do that, make that information so readily available um, in the different areas people live in, 
in different through the different you know RC opportunities through if it's Die Hard or if it's TRCR or if it's down in Oregon something going on there. People got to be able to click on a website and see what 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 gear is being used, you know. Yeah. And and, and so because guys like you get wore out at and answering that same question over and over again, you know. So if you could just if we just had a, a source that we could just link them. That's a good, reliable source. I think that would go a long way. Yeah, well, which, well, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say the only thing I can, like, I also wanted to add is I think the other thing too is, I think the whole flooding of, you know, there are a lot of people, and I know we joke around about this a lot, but there's a lot of people that'll post, oh, I'm new to this, uh, I want to upgrade my motor. What motor should I run? And then you get everybody coming out of the woodworks oh. saying. Run this motor because it's the best, or yeah. run this motor because they like it, or run this because this. Then you get the next guy. No, 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 no. This one's better. Run this one, and then they start arguing in the comments, and it like discourages the original guy getting into this. Going well, now I'm lost. I don't know where to go because this guy's saying this, this guy's saying that, and I think what almost needs to happen is I think you know you almost need more like brand ambassadors to say, look, there's nothing wrong with what comes out of the box you know give it a shot try it out first get comfortable with it then expand from there and i think what a lot of, like what happens a lot are these people get into it and the first thing they think is oh i need to have what everybody else is doing what are they doing and they're trying to get answers and there's so much out there cuz i mean between i mean i'm just going to throw two two uh, companies out there between homes hobbies and and Tekin, there's like pff, what 50 different motors to choose from Oh, yeah. yeah, Holmes has a huge amount of motors. And, and, yeah, and if you want to overwhelm somebody right off the bat, just ask a generic question that's going to get 30, 30 different answers. Yeah. And, that, and and I think that's the and I think that's also what gets you know the waters muddied is the fact that they don't know. Okay, which way do I go? Which way's up and which way's down? They don't yeah. know at this point, so it kind of like discourages them, and then they kind of go, eh, okay, maybe this isn't for me anymore. And I think it's more of, you know, don't be afraid to just you know. If you want to ask, like your, which is still kind of the same thing, and I know it gets hard. A lot of people ask, just getting into the hobby, what should I run? Um, I try to keep the answer. We've tried to answer that on the show numerous times. We say get something with some sort of, you know, um, uh, marketing background. Like you know, don't just go buy the the you know the what they. I'm I'm just gonna say it. The Chinese, you know, um, brand because yeah. it's cheaper. You know, get something that's got a, you know, a following or some sort of, you know, company behind it yeah, where you can actually support. get, yeah, you can get, you know, spare parts and other people make parts and hop-up kits for it. If you get the one thing that's got its own unique part and you can't get it anywhere else and they won't even sell you the spare part, they only sell you the rig, that's not the rig you want to start with because you'll be oh, frustrated. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's exactly. definite. I, I think... My my kind of my take on Elliot's question, I, I and this kind of ties into what you're saying too, Adam. Um, I think the group pages like what Brandon Caton or Catton has done, um, where it's a friendly environment for people to go asking questions and stuff. Um, I think that's a big step in the right direction for the newcomers. The hard part is pointing them that direction, you know? So I think that'll just take time for that to happen. But also, um, you know, when Elliot's talking about being like ambassadors for the hobby and whatnot, um, 
oddly enough, I was out with Brett in uh, Anacortis crawling one day, and some kids and their parents were there. And of course, you know, the kids, their eyes were just huge and they're freaking out going, you know, seeing these little trucks climbing all over. And so, you know, the parents start asking questions. Brett starts answering. Um, he had one of the uh, element Enduros there and let the kid run it for a while and try it out and kind of experience it and stuff. And I mean, I'm not saying like you need to like let people borrow your rig because that can be disastrous. But if somebody looks interested, you know, and you're out crawling and stuff and, you know, cause a lot of people that see it didn't even realize it was a thing. Um, you know, don't be afraid to say hi to people and talk to them a little bit about it and stuff. And, uh, just kind of share some information and make them walk away feeling good. You know, um, guarantee those kids had an awesome time when they left that day. And, you know, that was all due to the fact that Brett took the time to spend with them to, kind of give them a quick education as to what the hobby is and what it costs and let the kids try it out. So I, I think that that's really important is be, be friendly and don't be afraid to interact with people that are showing some sort of interest, you know, and like even a smile or a wave goes a long ways as far as representing the hobby to people. Well, and you'd be surprised where that there's a spark that happens, especially with kids when they get excited about something especially something new and maybe around technology. And that's what we really strive to, to get to with kids is they get excited about it and that spurs uh, curiosity and then they start learning and they don't even realize they're learning and, and then all of a sudden they're hooked and, um, you know, it becomes something more than a hobby to them. It becomes a passion. So I think that's what we strive for. For but, sure. But don't forget, you got to put the radio in the kid's hand and then follow up by also putting it in the dad's hand so yes. that the dad buys the car for the kid. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because you know, then you're selling thing. it as a family activity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, then no, it's over. It, that, yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely. <laughs> um. Okay, hold on. Got to open this back up. Okay. Uh, Rick Taxera. With the assumption Axial Fest is still a go in July, will you, Adam, be participating in Scale Ultra? Um, I'm going to just say it right now, and everybody can make fun of me. It was hard enough to do Scale Ultra at Cisco, which was at like 3,000 feet, 4,000 feet. Uh, Donner, is it like 7,000 feet? And oh, Yeah, no. And after I, I saw... Imagine. And after I saw what they did last year, the course that they set up... It was rough, and I just, I'm sorry, that's <laughs> it's not for me. I, I mean, I i stand behind Scale Ultra. I support all the guys that, and girls that do it. I just, it's that, that for me is just not really my cup of tea. So I'm sorry, but that's going to be a pass. But um, as long as Axial Fest is still going, yes, I will be there. Um. Chris Trudeau, Lexan versus Hardbody. What's your preference, and why is picking a paint color so damn difficult? <laughs> um, yeah, we've already kind of been through this. Um, it it really comes down to again personal preference. Um, it really goes like for me, especially like what build am I doing? Am I going for super scale or am I going for performance? Um, yes, you can get hard bodies to perform well. I'm not saying you can't. It's just typically 
the Lexan being lighter, you can focus more to putting your weight where you want it to be and not have to compensate for a heavy body and have a rig that performs really well. Um, with that being said, I it's hard to say. I mean, there's not really a preference that I have. I mean, I like them both. Um, to answer your question about picking a paint color so difficult is because once you pick it, you're almost kind of married to it until you get a different body or you get rid of all the paint and start over. Yeah, that's always like the three hard ones is what body, what color, and then what kind of wheels because that basically like creates the look for your rig. So that that's, that is really hard. I, I know I'm personally, I'm not a fan of hard bodies, not because I don't like them or anything. It's just where we live and where we go drive a lot you know, the consequences are pretty severe if you roll your rig off some of the stuff we're driving on and it's a quick way to ruin a hundred dollar body. So I just typically stay away from it and kinda most of my friends do too. We we're Lexan guys. Yeah, like I said, I I have nothing against hard bodies. I'm actually my next build's gonna be a hard body just due to the fact that I really want the scale detail there and it is a little easier to achieve that with a hard body. Um, then again, I don't expect this rig to be some hardcore, you know, rock cro uh, co conquering, you know, rig. Like I expect it to be like your mild trail rig. Um, but yeah, so uh, hopefully you pick out a color. Um, just make sure that it's something that you can kind of work through without with like the rest of the vehicle. You don't want to, I mean, unless you just want that Frankenstein look, I wouldn't say go with like a bright yellow body with like, you know, blue anodized parts and then all of a sudden you get down to the wheels and you're going with like, you know, red rings. I mean, I don't know. Unless you want that whole crazy, you know, acid trip look, go for it. Um... Rob Smith, <clears throat> a follow-up from last week's question, and he appreciates the answers, by the way. I'm not, I'm not going to say this because we are PG-13, but how the bleep do I buy a SCX-10-3 and get it into the house without my wife seeing it, especially if we are in self-isolation? Oh, boy. Don't you have a neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's super sneaky. I didn't even think of that one. Um, yeah, <clears throat> like again, like we said yes. last week, we don't condone the lying. We just, if you gotta, you know, use the Trojan horse method, go for it. <laughs> you can PM me and I'll give him my address and you can send it here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> then after that, there's no guarantees it'll make it to you, but at least right. it, yeah. Yeah. your wife did free see it. break-in service. <laughs> Um, yeah, honestly, you're, like I said, you're going to have, uh, like, if you absolutely are going that way, you, you're going to have to order it and either request that it doesn't, you know, that the, you're, or know that you're ordering it from somewhere where the box isn't going to say axial on the side of it. Um, you know, actually, that's a good question. You know, uh, we should have asked Matt that when he was on from AMA. We should have said, hey, if we ever order something like that, could we request to put it in, like, a standard brown box? <laughs> discreet packaging <laughs> <laughs> oh funny yeah i don't know i mean it, a lot of that depends on how comfortable your couch is too because that's most likely where you're gonna be sleeping so if you have a really comfy couch then i'd say just roll the dice and get it but yeah um yeah 
<laughs> so, uh, Jerry Shields, what about weathering techniques on Lexan or hard bodies? Also, I just started a 73 Bronco body for my element. Just cool to see Jay has already made a cool one. I dig it. Um, weathering techniques. I don't know if I've if I've ever really gone over this when we talked about like when we've kind of talked about the pros and cons about um, different bodies, but um, the basics I've always found, especially like if you're gonna do like Lexan, it uh, some of it applies for both. Some of it, you know, doesn't. I've always had good luck with uh, wet, uh, layering paint. Um, and what I mean by that is you start out with like your your base color like if so if you're dealing with a hard body um, it's kind of harder um, you're gonna have to sometimes give it a base color because a lot of that stuff is once you scrape all the way through it's white um, but if you were able to find some sort of like black injection molded body I think that would be the best because then you start layering some you know different colors on it like you know some browns and and grays and then you put your main color on top you can actually use different grits of sandpaper to eat through and make like you know wear marks and you know like layer the paint so that way you you can, you know, one part's kind of burnt down into the black, then some of it's burnt down into the silver or the brown area to give it that kind of rusty, you know, metal look. Um, that's always been like a go-to for me to get your easiest kind of like depth in the paint. Um, there's a lot of guys that also will take water and they will miss the body and then they'll sprinkle salt on it in certain areas, let the water dry and then they will spray paint over it, and then they'll either some of some of the uh, salt they'll leave in the paint, so it looks like you know bubbly, rusted metal. And then others people will brush it off, and then wherever the salt was, the paint didn't stay, and it kind of gives it that you know rotten paint look. Um, and then I mean that's really the the best techniques. Um, like I said, Lexan. There's only, in my opinion, there's only so much you can do. I know there's some guys that do a really good job of making it look like something else, um, but that's where hard body gets a little more. You know, the the creativity level can go up a little higher because then you can start taking different stuff. Like I've done on a certain um, build of mine, I took like my claw hammer and I heated up the end of it and then rolled it into the body to kind of make it look like it was dented in or you know or you'd actually take something like a end of a screwdriver heat it up and stick it through and then you can actually create like a rip and I mean there's just a little bit more you can do with the hard body than the Lexan because the Lexan you can only go so far before you completely destroy the body yeah the only one I've done is a Lexan one I did a Proline C10 and uh, my I painted it on the outside um and what I had done is laid down a base of Lexan paint, and uh, I used Tamiya paint on that one, and then I did my layering with just regular spray paint after that, and that worked really good. Um, there's there's a couple products you can get. I know Tamiya makes some that's a rust solution that you can get, so you can do like rust around the window moldings and stuff if you want to get real extreme. Um, I kind of cheated a little bit because... Uh, here at work, I make a sheet of just a uh, rusty metal texture, and so I had cut that stuff out and wrapped the bumpers with it so that it was all rusty, and I think I had done the two fenders too. So I, I took the easy way, but it, it turned out really good. I mean, I, I didn't go all out with rust all over the place. It was just selective, but um, it wasn't hard. It's just time-consuming. It took a lot longer than anything else I'd ever painted, but... That's about it. Yeah. 
Um, and also, uh, YouTube is your friend. Um, if you actually look up weathering techniques for RC bodies, the, you'll be amazed at how many videos are out there on tips and tricks on how to achieve certain looks for when you're weathering um, RC vehicles. And it goes for anything. I mean, if you even watch what the, um, the model guys are doing, you can apply that to the RC cars as well. Mm -hmm. um, Alex Sims... You talked about making a servo winch in the past. Can you expand on that? How to connect it? Does it need an ESC? Connect to the receiver and need a toggle switch on channel 3, powered by the receiver. Thanks. Always look forward to your show. Um, I guess I can give a quick down and dirty. Um, most servo winches need some sort of a speed control to control it. So it's kind of, this is another one of those hard questions just to give you a straightforward answer. If you're building your own most likely, it's easier probably just to hook up a small um, speed control to it, and then that speed control will have to be plugged into your receiver, and then you program your third channel or fourth channel, whatever you have it plugged into, to some sort of a switch, whether it be momentary or a three-position or a two-position or, you know, um, any of those variations. Or there's other companies that sell parts to convert your servo into a servo winch, and then you can kind of bypass the speed control because it's kind of like its own speed control in it. Like, I think we said it in, the, in that episode, uh, like, Hey OK makes a... I know a three-position and a two-position um, servo um, winch mount thing. And then um, what else? Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's really about it. Um, I mean, feel free to DM us, and we'll kind of dive into it a little bit more if you need a little more help. Um, but, yeah, that's like the straight down and dirty it needs to have some sort of something to control the speed of the winch, whether it be a speed controller or a product like from Hey OK, and then you're going to need um, an auxiliary channel on your remote to control it. Yep. Um, and I think we're getting down to the last question. Um, and this one's actually a length, lengthy one. And um, so Chris Trudeau, I know he's double dipping. Uh, what's... What's Traxxas going to do next? This may be answered in the discussion, but STX-10-3 specifically, though, what's left? Um, that they didn't include that could have and or is there anything left you could drop in a crawler um, like your TRX-4, STX-10, Gen-8, Element, etc. that hasn't been done. Others than possibly a hard body seems like most companies, one way or another, have included features that try to complete the realism and scale factor, diffs, dig, two-speed portals, overdrives, IFS, etc. What's your average crawling time, and how long do you usually crawl for? Do you use more than one battery? Solo, small groups, uh, greater than 10, crawl with a large group, or even larger, greater than 20, but not comps. Um lot going on in this question. Um, yeah. <laughs> My head's spinning. So, basically, I guess, you know, you are kind of right um, in a sense, like, Axial kind of, you know, and they're not the only ones that are they're doing this, but with their recent release, they've, they've pretty much almost, like, taken, like, this, like, box of what they've seen the consumer talking about 
on Facebook, Instagram, you know, chat rooms, whatever, on the trail. Um, and it's almost like they just checked every box, you know, to, because they want to try and keep everybody happy. So right. um, with the new release, there's portals. You know, portals have been hot ever, almost ever since Traxxas released them. Um, it's like almost, and I think that was like the number one complaint everybody had. When's Axial going to step into the um, portal game? Um, which is a box that they checked off. Then they want super scale realis, uh, realism. So like um, like Element did with the IFS, um, Axial did an offset front pumpkin and left the rear pumpkin centered, just like you'd find on a real solid axle rig. Um, so there's a box mark. Um, a box you can you know mark off, um, and then what else? They added a two-speed transmission, which again we saw with the TRX4. So if you got that guy who wants to be able to crawl slow, and then he gets to like a breakaway and it's kind of like straight, and he wants to roost a little bit, you know, pepper his buddy's car with some loose rock or sand, and you know, kick it to the next gear and throttle out. Um, and then you got the dig, which you know. A lot of it's not as common in your your average trail rig you'd see on the trail, but like your more um, higher end rigs that have like your stacked uh, transfer cases that you know can change up the gearing in the front and the rear to perform digs and tight maneuvers, or even like the rock crawler or rock buggies that actually you know are a little more um, I guess advanced setup. Uh, with you know the actual dig where they lock the front axle and whatnot, um, they've added that. Um, I mean, realistically, I, I mean, it is it is almost like an area where you go, okay, what is next? I mean, we've evolved so much over the last like ten years in the um, crawling community that what is next? Um, I mean, I, I really don't even know what what there is. You know, like, where, yeah. what, what, what could come after this? Yeah, exactly. Well, and this is kind of what we've been saying all along, too. And that's, as these rigs are coming out, um, competition breeds innovation. And you were seeing, like, okay, so when the Element Enduro came out, it had, like, probably, I would say, the nicest links on an RTR that you could get. You know, they're four millimeter diameter, like, chrome plated steel you know really nice links whereas the axial ones were pretty thin and kind of looked a little flimsy and stuff and on the new rig you can see that axial stepped their game up to match element and have you know like nice links and nice rod ends and stuff on it so you know they're that that's just it like they Axial kind of sat back and watched what everybody was doing watched what people were asking for and you know produced a rig that is better than the last one they had and it this is just what you're going to keep seeing as more companies get into this is it's a game of outdoing each other and it uh as a result the consumer ends up with a superior product so it's it's good you know it's not you know oh axial copied traxxas and did a two-speed and did portals and blah 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 it's like well you know what they've just elevated the game and now the next people that release a new model are going to have to top that and we're the ones that reap the benefit of all of that so um no it's not it, it's it's good that they came out with this and uh i think that it's definitely gonna you know it's like we've been saying all along it just ends up 
making better products for us to go have fun with and enjoy. Do our guests have any input on this question? Buy something you can afford and have fun with it. Yes. There you go. Um, so I guess that I guess that last question did kind of lead us into our our next um, segment. Um, I know that's the been the hype, um, and I'll admit because I know I think Jay, you mentioned this on was it. What, uh, who had the most recent release? Was it Enduro with the IFS kit? I believe so, yeah. I think. And I believe you said you liked the fact that there wasn't this like whole drawn-out whatever you know uh, release, and then all of a sudden it was released. Um, you liked that it was like to the point. It was you know nice. Um, I liked the direction Axial went with this release, and. Um, they didn't. They didn't do like like they did in the past. You know what's this, and you know what like they kept showing snip bits and what's under the towel or what's under yeah, the sheet, and you two know makes of pictures that you're trying to guess what it is. And they just did a you know they just did a um, hey we got a YouTube video coming out at midnight. Um, set your you know set your clock, set your reminders, and you know watch it and see what we're gonna drop. And I, I think that was actually really cool. I mean so. And the best part about it was, unless you were somebody who really paid his, like really really pays attention to their their YouTube channel, I think a lot of people missed it, and it was up to the ambassadors of this hobby to actually push it out there because I think Scale Builders Guild was like one of the first people to say, "Hmm, what's going on here? Has anybody else noticed this?" And all of a sudden. That created the buzz, and everybody's going, "Oh, what's next? What's going to be dropped?" Like, we had no clue this was happening, you know. And I think that that initial shock kind of like was a good spark for the RC fan base because now it's not this long argument in the chat and all the chat threads going, "Oh, it's going to be another stupid Jeep," or "Oh, it's going to be this," and you know. And it's it was just boom. This is what it is. Now you got the people arguing about. Oh, they copied this. They copied that. They copied this. But you know what? Besides all of that, it was just a. I liked. I really did like this release. The release was short, sweet, to the point, and like Jay said earlier, it's something we can all reap the benefits of. Um, and I know some people have gotten a hold of me. I know Chris um, Trudeau was one of them. He he had messaged us and me um, over the night saying, "Hey, look, you got news for the, the show um, to talk about, uh, which we love. You know, when people are you know sending stuff our way to say, hey, talk about this, and you know, this could be a good topic. Um, but yeah, I just the one area, and I know I'll get a lot of flack for this, is the portals. I just wish." They did not release the portals on this rig. I do not feel like that's one thing that's always driven me away from um, Traxxas is the fact that their rigs all come with portals. I'm sorry if you're going for super scale realistic in my book. You don't like Traxxas does. You don't see a K5 Blazer rolling down the street with portals. You don't see a 70s Bronco rolling down the street with portals. You just don't see it. Not yeah, saying I, that it hasn't been done. You just don't... It's just not a common thing you see if you want to say you're going for that scale trail look. 
And that does kind of say something about the customer base of the hobby, though, too, because there's the guys that are real off-road enthusiasts that are in the hobby like you and me that go for realistic builds and not just realistic looking, but we want them to, you know, perform realistic. Like, I don't want something with a ton of ground clearance where it's going to get over every single thing I pointed at. Like, I want it to have trouble. I want it to hang up on stuff so that I got to switch up my lines and everything. Like... I want it to be, you know, real. And that's one thing that just, I was kind of disappointed that they caved in and went the portal route. But the majority of people that are buying these, uh, it it would appear then that, you know, they don't have much of a one-to-one off-road background or anything like that. And, you know, they're looking for something that's easy to drive and whatnot. And so portals are kind of the answer. And that's for whatever reason, big, the big selling point. I mean, I'm not against them on things that they belong on, you know, but like, you know, a scout too with portals isn't very scale in my book. And like I said, don't get me wrong. I love this rig. I'm actually planning. I already texted, you know, my local hobby shop. I said, as soon as these hit your shelves, let me know. I will be picking one up. Um, cause I really want to get my hands on one, but I'm just saying I'd, I'd like to see, and this might actually circle back to um, Chris's question about what's next. I'd like to see a company come out with a set of axles that have the portal as a bolt-on choice. We already have all these other choices, like with this rig, which we'll get into. We haven't even gotten into all the specs about it. Um, Like this rig, I know for a fact, after watching the SBG, which that's the other thing too, if you guys haven't checked out Scale Builder Guild's review, full review on this rig, you should. It answers a lot of questions everybody is asking. Um, But this transmission and uh, transfer case, you know, where your dig would be set up, they leave you to be able to set this up in multiple options. You could either lock the transmission so that it's not a two-speed. You can unlock the transmission so it's a two-speed, and you can do the same thing with the with the transfer case. You could set it up as a dig, or you cannot set it up a, with a dig, and you could do vice versa. You could lock the transmission, dig transfer case. You can lock the transfer case, two-speed transmission. You know, they leave, they're leaving it up to you, which I think is awesome. Why can't they they apply that to the axles and have a set of axles that are boom? You want to run them normal. Our C's and our uh, knuckles, they clamp right on. You have a standard set of axles, like and the then SSD if, ones, because SSD portals bolt on, like you're talking about. See, and that's and that's what I'm saying. I personally, if they, if they if if a company went that way, they I in my opinion, hands down would probably own. The market because you're truly giving the customer every every option they could possibly want and yes I understand the price point would probably be higher because now you're adding more parts but that's going to be up to the consumer to decide if it's worth it to them to have all those options or just have it separate like what Element did with the IFS yeah you know, that's not that's not a, that, yeah because they did know that not everybody's going to want to have IFS hundred dollar upgrade call it good. So, um, but yeah, back to the to the car itself. Um, I like the fact that it's a forward motor option. Um, that's giving you now, just like how um, you know uh, Red Cat has done with the motor forward. Um, you're able to actually, if you want to be one of those super scale guys that want a full interior, it's easier to do because 
the transmission is so much lower, the motor's out of the way, everything's the the center of gravity so much lower, you can actually fit more above it and you can have that super scale interior. Um, the other thing I like about it a lot is the fact that they kind of pulled out all the stops with the body. Um, you know, this body is probably one of the most scale-looking Lexan bodies that I've seen in a while. Other than, I will give it to Vanquish with the VS410, um, but that's the whole different animal in its own respect. It's, um, you know, so they're known for detail, whereas like Axial, it's not a brand known for that kind of detail. So when they come out with a body that's that detailed, I think it's actually, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And the fact that it's already cut out, your average consumer, if you are just getting in the hobby or you're still rather new to the hobby, cutting out a body may or may not be your favorite thing to do, and it can be kind of intimidating the more intricate these are getting. Like I know with the Unimog, cutting out the center for the grill could got a little intimidating, kind of like back in the day with the Cherokee body, cutting out the center for the grill. All that stuff gets intimidating when you're not used to doing that. So the fact that this body comes pretty much cut out, ready for you to just start painting, that's a big plus in my book. Um, and I'm trying Full to think interior. of the other... The interior, the fact that it comes with an interior, and this time, if I'm not mistaken, uh, SBG said that there's no head, or there is, but it's not a like a racing helmet or... Uh, like army helmet, so you can actually put something a little more scale on there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, with the driver figure and everything. No, body looks great. Um, it has a bunch of features that I would never use. I had a TRX4 for work for about a month and obviously didn't use cruise control, didn't use the two speed, just kept it in low the whole time because that's the kind of train we have here. Didn't, uh, didn't mess with the locking diffs i mean it just it was a lot of bells and whistles that i just didn't use so i mean that part of it you know th that's cool for the people that are into it it's just for me it's kind of like useless stuff like i i think you know looking back i probably would have been much more pleased with the trx4 sport that was you know kind of a lower budget less frills rig that did what i wanted it to but again you know you have options so that's pretty cool um the thing that gets me and this is weird and this would be a good question for their management is uh you know they they've dropped several new scx 10 twos uh within the last couple months you know we got the the umg six by six the ford f100s and i wonder you know the people that have bought those and having them be you know, kind of obsolete now. I mean, there's obviously lots of performance parts and stuff, but, you know, they, they just bought a rig and it's, you know, now it's a model old. Um, you know, I wonder how that's received by the public. Yeah, that I don't know. <clears throat> I do know that Axial has been kind of known for that. They kind of, like, drop a couple rigs that are might not get the same limelight, I guess you could say. Um, you know, like when the capper came out, um, the the six by six basically lost all flair. There was nothing. The six by six was on top of the market. 
Then they came out with the Capra, and it's almost like the 6x6 became the thing of the past. Nobody really talked about it. It was just like, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I think the problem... I mean, I guess I'll say this is just my two cents. I think the problem is more, you know, they have so many ideas, and they're trying to keep the interest in the brand going in between their big releases, and I think they you know, give you something to keep you interested and then they drop the new one. It's kind of like, it's almost kind of like the cell phones. Like, you know, they used to be the same way. I remember because, you know, I'm an Apple user. Um, the iPhone was always that way. You know, the, I, the iPhone whatever. Let's say the iPhone 6 comes out. Within seven months, the iPhone 6 Plus comes out and now the iPhone 6 is like a joke. You know, who wants the... Who wants that one? That's a great comparison. And <laughs> that's kind of true. It's like you have the same feeling like, you know, damn it, I just bought this thing, you know? It, it, that's what made me wonder. But, and, and that's a great analogy that you just gave. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's in, you know, and maybe ne- is that one of those things, like, just like to have that in the back of your head? Like, okay, they just released this. Who's to say this, this model's not going to come out later? And honestly, the SCX 10 3. It kind of came out of nowhere, um, you know. The two's not that old. The two was what twenty sixteen. Yeah, and the two so and the four years and, old. and that platform really still works. Oh yeah, it's it's great, and there's tons of aftermarket support. You know, this this would probably be a better a, a good question for Brett and Brenda, just because you know that they're fairly new to this. So like, okay, you guys, let's you just bought a rig and now a brand new chassis design is released like four months later like what's what's if you put yourself in that consumer shoes like what does that make you guys think and how would you you know feel about that did you feel a little bit gypped or something or um i know i i just go out and have fun with the rig that i have so i'm not constantly upgrading it depends on how hungry you are for the hobby i think if i want an upgrade i either go to jay or brad (laughs) say hey (laughs) what do you think of this but um you know i think that most consumers you know they're going to be happy with what they have but i think that once you take it to the next level yeah i really i looked at that today and i saw I just saw that that rig just looks to me like you're going to have to upgrade a, to a pretty to use all of what it offers. You're going to have to have what a five channel. Yeah, yeah. So, because so yeah. now you got to buy a new radio with that rig. Most people, right? So that that was my first thought. Yeah. Well, you did bring up a good point because I do think that this rig. Yes and no. It is good for your entry level guy who's getting into the hobby, or you know, person that's getting into this hobby. But at the same time, um, I think a lot of the people. I don't know. I'm I'm just speaking from my own, you know, um, experience. The first thing I did when I bought a new, you know, well, when I started having multiple rigs, I was t- I didn't like having, you know, multiple stock radios. It just was like. You know, cumbersome to always bring all that with you when you want to go. Like, you hit the trail, and I think this was in kind of like one of those questions, how many batteries or how many rigs you bring with you. And um, it's like if you bring four rigs, you don't want to bring four separate remotes. It's easier just to have all of them on one remote, and you just keep switching to the next model on your receiver. Well, most of those um, remotes that you get 
I know some of them you can start getting it in like the three channels, but most of them, you know, if you're going to buy the three channel, you know, um, it's not much more for the five channel. And if you're going to do it once to have one remote to do multiple rigs, I've always been one of those. Just upgrade a little bit. You know, you may not use it all the time, but you'll have the option. And, you know, the, the difference isn't really, you know, that dramatic to say, oh, I'd rather just stick with a three channel. Because um, I think both, yeah, because both my remotes, I have the DX4R and the DX5C, and both of those have, like, I want to say almost, like, six different, six, I want to say, like, almost, yeah, five or six auxiliary switches. So you can, you know, I mean, if you put in a, a five-channel receiver in there, that remote will do it no problem. And I think the same goes with, like, the um, the Fataba, um, the, what is it, the, P, the PL4 or something like that. I'm not familiar with Fataba, so I, I could be butchering it. But, but the four I know I think is the same way. It has the option to have all that. You just got to get a bigger receiver uh, for the car or transmitter. So that way, it, I always get those two mixed up. Receiver is the in the car. In the car, so you can get a bigger receiver to, um, you know, and then your remote will actually be able to work with that. With switches, right? Yeah. So you are right, so, and that could get confusing for some people because I know, like, um, when you started, like, even with like the Capra having the extra dig, which is an extra servo, that's another channel you got to get comfortable using, which you don't always normally use on your standard trail truck. So that can get a little confusing. Um, so there are pros and cons, and I. And I, I, before I forget, I should probably do the rundown of what it comes with because there's a couple features I already forgot to mention that, you know, were in there, obviously. Uh, one of those being the, this is their first multi-piece uh, C-channel. So you can actually adjust the wheelbase by adjusting... Oh, the like the Ascender. Yes. Really? Interesting. Yes. Ah. Yes. <coughs> huh. So yeah, they're like I said. I think they're taking a lot of different things. Like you said, Jay, they're they're looking at the what's available now. They're seeing what the community wants or what the public wants, and then they're just applying it all together. Yeah, I well, mean, it, it's just oh yeah, they up. they checked a lot of boxes on that. But. Other than, like it, I said, it, and it's a kit only. I okay. I I was which, confused. Which speaks to who they're selling it to, kit. being that it's a kit only, right? It, exactly. Well, yeah. Well, that's the other thing that I saw that was kind of interesting. There was a lot of speculation because when, so at when Horizon was it when Horizon first bought them out? Because remember, okay, I'm trying to think back to well, went Hobbyco and then Horizon. Yes. So. After the SCX-10-2 Deadbolt came out, around that time, they stopped releasing kits. Everything was an RTR. So there was speculation that there was no more kits coming out of the Axial camp. That it was done. RTRs were the future. 
and that's what it was going to be. Then it was around the time when the Capra came out. It was released as a kit first, and then the RTR came out later. Uh, now there's, and I think Scale Builders Guild already answered that question. I believe he said in his video that it is released as a kit right now and that we should expect to see an RTR at a later date. Interesting. So... That, which, seems, that seems backward to Norm. Well, it yeah. does to an extent because Axial did this to a, did this a long time ago. Their original, well, actually, I'm trying to think because when I first bought my first Axial back in like 2010, it was I didn't know which came out first, but we had the option of a kit or an RTR, and then everything else after that kind of came out as an RTR till they got, and then. <clears throat> or it almost seems like they dropped at the same time. It wasn't until the SEX-10 2 came out. When the 2 came out, it was first offered as a kit. Then the RTR came out. Because I remember... Yeah, like a month or because, two later, I think. Yes, because I remember people were having issues with the transmission in the kit. Because the kit transmission was different than the RTR transmission. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I guess you could say it is kind of backwards, but at the same time, the only thing I'm a little nervous about is after seeing what happened with the Capra, I kind of want to know what's going to happen with this because traditionally when you buy a kit, you get some sort of hop-up, whether it's you know the you get the better links or the better shocks or you know better you know axle. Um, uh, internals, like meaning, like you're not you're not getting dog bones, you're getting actual CV joint axle shafts and whatnot. And I think, you know, now seeing everything that they're offering with this kit, when it comes out as an RTR, is it going to be just like the Capra, where basically they took all the guessing out of it for you? They gave you all the electronics that it was basically designed around. And then you're not really getting anything special, and the price is only up a little bit more, if that makes sense. Because mm -hmm. the Capra that was that way. Once you know, a lot of people had to buy the extra parts to get the dig to work, to do all this other stuff. And then when the RTR came out, all that guesswork was out of there. It was already all installed, ready to go. Yeah, exactly. So that's my only, I guess, question. But nonetheless. It is an exciting release, and you know I'm like I'm excited to get my hands on one. And the thing that I always think is funny is we all know Jay is an associated driver, and so it's kind of funny that you know all of it's like a lot of the stuff you kind of like lean more towards you know team associated, and then when Axial drops something, I'm always leaning that way, so I always feel, I always feel we get the best of both worlds. Yeah, Jay's kind of quiet on this release, isn't he? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to say anything bad about it, because there's nothing wrong with it, you know, and it's like... I'm you already dissed on the portals, man. I heard it. Yeah, I, I, that disappointed me. The fact that the tires are giant disappointed me. The smaller tires from the previous version, Nitto's, I thought looked a lot better and more proportionate. 
I, I don't know. It just they'll just reverse psychology the axles. Now people <laughs> will be buying regular axles for hop ups. Well, yeah, and some people did that with the Capra. There was guys putting AR forty four axles on Capras because they wanted lower center gravity and would rather you know choose lines more carefully and ditch the portals altogether to get that LCG. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it it's great. It'll do great things for the hobby and people into it and it comes with a lot of cool stuff for me i'm just aside from like the body i'm not super excited about it to be honest and that's nothing against them that's just me personally i would just never buy it because there's just too many things out of proportion for me to like it you know guys just don't listen to that guy he's you know he's on i'm not i i try to be really like (laughs) diplomatic when it comes to this stuff like you know i try not to say anything bad but it's just for me it's just like yeah you know and and every there's always going to be people oh god it's another jeep well you know what jeeps are like the number one selling rig for real off-roading and stuff so you know what that's what people want so people ask for an rc and that's what they're giving them and i think that's great i actually don't have any issues with the body at all so good on them i mean they're giving the people what they want and that's exactly what the point of being in business in this hobby is about so you know cool cool for them I, i think it's great and i know that they have a lot of time and work into it and energy and you know i'm sure you know Randall probably put his heart and soul into this project and you know I think that he's a great guy and that's awesome and he did a good job it's just not for me I guess is I can't wait to see him on the diehard uh, scale trail yeah so getting getting to that um there's a question that we had glossed over um and it was from Chris Trudeau and uh did you not see that on there Adam did you delete it what the one where he made the comment about grown men playing with dolls. Oh, um, that was on. Hold on, that was not. That was on the one that I announced that we were going to have Brett and Brenda. I believe. Yes, let me and find. I'm, I'm looking for that too. So, um, because I kind of wanted to say something about that also. Um, all right, here we go. So. I'm going to go to all comments. So I'll read You're not going to leave it alone, are you? No. So with Brett going full dollhouse, is it weird for a grown man playing dolls? Jay Adams, same question. Um, I I don't know. I, I don't get offended easy or anything like that. But, like, for me, I think that's way oversimplifying it. Um, nobody's playing with dolls um (laughs) some guys some guys do elio does you know like he does the whole action figure thing and stuff but um the way that it's worded kind of makes it sound like he's trying to kind of discount it um with what's going on at Die Hard with the buildings and stuff is what he's referring to what we're doing is we are creating an experience for people when they come out there it's it's an experience and an adventure at the scale park and we're creating like photo opportunities and stuff like that and you know when i had talked with brett and brenda about doing all this um one of the things that i i think probably one of the first things i showed you guys was like pictures and stuff from axial fest and our whole vision with this was to bring the fun and atmosphere and scale detail of axial fest to 
everyone in our area every day of the week. And that, that's kind of our mission here. And, um, that, that's why I say, you know, with, with what he said, it's, it's really oversimplifying it cause it's not that, um, you know, I, I hope that it's, that it spurs an imagination and somebody or a kid to bring their dolls and stage them in front of some of the scale buildings because the idea is to spark imagination, especially in our younger generations, and, and give them an idea of, of what they can do with this hobby um, and tap into their inner child. Yeah, yeah, and really, I mean, we're doing all this for them, you know, yep. like, this is for the people to, we're creating an experience out there, and, yep. uh, you know, me, me I... I'm drooling over the buildings cause like the craftsmanship and the quality is just mind blowing, you know? And so I, I have a great appreciation for the skill and the talent and the patience that have gone into something like that. And it, it's, uh, I'm, I'm floored with what's been turned out. I mean, it's just, it's mind blowing, but, uh, well, I, I knew my I, dad was going to take it to the next level when he started talking to me about snow load on these. <laughs> that's right hey i would totally be playing with dolls if i could find any cool tent skill dolls all i can find out there is the like wrestling looking dolls oh i well, know and those are so goofy looking i, I at one find... point today brenda was sitting there putting the second coat of paint on the barn and i looked at her and i said you don't you just want to be able to shrink and go in there oh man right yeah yeah. Yeah, it's it's really exciting seeing how they're turning out. I mean, they are seriously some of the coolest uh scale houses I've ever seen and you know, just such detail. It, we're really excited. If you, yeah, if if you know construction, um when, yeah. you, when you see these, you'll see the the depths of of how far he took that. So And he'd never built anything like that scale before. He'd built houses he just like converted everything down. It's it's really cool. Well, see, that's what I do for a day job. I'm in yep. the construction field. So when Jay sent me those pictures, it the first thing I said, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, You gotta be kidding me. Like this oh, is yeah. this is this is scaled down like what I'm dealing with on a day to day basis. Absolutely. It is a hundred percent. Every single Dude. thing he just did what he normally would for building a house and it turned out so cool. When you see him in person, like it's borderline overwhelming because you just keep seeing all of these details and stuff in it. It's like you'll see like beams and stuff, and you're just going, "You yep. got to be kidding me!" Like you did everything well, right. It, and, yeah, his oh. his personality is is a such too. He likes to get things to uh, through framing and and hand them off for decor at this point. And so this is, is perfect great. for him. So and I have a, really. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Adam. I was just gonna say I have a question. Just because looking at it, I can tell that you know it's all it's all been you know done to like you know true one to one framing. So did he scale this down and pick with one like I guess you could say scale dimension and go from there? Like so when he's making this, you know, like your typical walls like sixteen on center, are is that scaled down? Yeah, it is. So. Uh, I sucked him in by putting him on the ScaleModelPlans.com site, okay? And so on ScaleModelPlans.com uh, site, it is catering to a lot of the HO and garden, okay. different scales of, 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 yeah, of, of, of whatever, okay? Well, it turns okay. out this guy is now starting to um, create some tent scale uh, plans 
And so him and his daughter run the company at scalemodelplans.com, and he happily converted one of his HO scales to a tent scale to get my dad kind of out of the hole on his first one. Well, from there, once he learned what that scale meant, it was like, okay, well, I can give me a picture. I can build it now, you know. So it was a great place to start out with scalemodelplans.com. Yeah, and they were awesome to work with. The guy was emailing, and he sent us some other plans. We we have been doing the ones we started with and building the um, barn. But he sent us some other really neat plans that we'd love to, to do, too. They were they were awesome, and it's just a family company that, that does that. No, that's awesome. I'll have to check that out. And also, real quickly, because I'm sure that a couple people that just heard what we were talking about probably went over their head. The HO and the garden scale, what he's talking about, those are train, like, though that's train scale. Um, there you go. And I yeah. know this because Michelle's dad is in, is in the HO and N gauge um, trains. So yeah, I know. So he really caters to the N scale, okay. HO, double O, and zero okay. scale. Okay. And then he has some garden and a couple tent scales now. Okay. But what one of the things that's been interesting that we've found, you know, you can get scale building supplies like windows framed in and doors framed in, like at Hobby Lobby and things. But they are 12th scale, those that are already manufactured because they go into actual dollhouses that mm -hmm. are at Hobby Lobby. So, and they work just fine in a 10th scale building. Yeah, they've worked out really good, so we've been able to purchase some of the pre-made like doors and windows you know what that gave me a whole bad idea could you imagine doing a whole like like stop what is that stop go motion you know oh totally building oh, like what Elio does You're, there's you have no a way I could talk my dad into that but I would love to I would love to actually do that and, and that'd be hilarious well you, you mean like stop motion animation for, forever yes Jay like that. Like you have a little oh. scale guy setting up the beam, another guy's up there hammering it in place, and this person... Oh, yeah. Dude, that'd be hilarious. Dude, we that should do it... that out at the park, because there's going to be some, you know, substructures that we'll have connected, and, you know, like we're going to put the barn in place, and then... Well, that's back to playing with dolls that the younger, the, yeah. the earlier guy talked <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, we've got to find the right dolls. We don't want a that bunch of WWE guys building our farmhouse. Yeah, because that's what Elio did was a stop motion animation. Oh, yeah. if, if, if you did that with a, oh yeah, if you did that, but in time lapse, yeah, and you see this little crew working, that would be pretty entertaining to see. That it would um, be. Well, we constantly put it out to people. We if if, if you want content, come to Die Hard because there's stories <laughs> to be told everywhere. Oh yeah, absolutely. And honestly, one of the things that I wanted to say, Adam, a lot of our inspiration and the pictures that I had shown them was all stuff that like you and Elio and Todd had done, you know, and like talking about like the mines that you guys did for the um, Prospect Fever theme mm -hmm. in uh, what was that, 2017? Yeah. And so like we we used you guys for a lot of inspiration oh, yeah. because like the town that Todd brought with like the graveyard and the church and stuff. I mean, that's all stuff that I was showing Brett and Brenda going, 
you guys, we got to do this. You know, like this is what drove everybody crazy at Axial Fest. And this is what everybody liked so much was all the photo opportunities and stuff. And that seems like such a huge draw to those events is, you know, you're getting this little scale adventure. And so that's exactly what we wanted to try and pattern it off of was the work that you guys had done previously. Well, see, and the hard part about that too is like, see, Todd went crazy when he did the Cisco replica building because he was was having a hard time scaling it because he said if I did a true scale, he goes, goes, dude, I don't even know how I'd get it to to Cisco. I would have to like trailer it up there because it wouldn't work. You know, he goes, it would just be too big for me to bring it up there. So he had to find a happy medium that was believable, but at the same time, you know, we knew it wasn't going to be true scale, you know. Which close enough is fine. I mean, that's, yeah, that's. The bathrooms and showers that he did, that building looked exactly the same. And, like, honestly, my thoughts when I saw that, I never even thought about the scale of it. I I was just so blown away by what I was looking at that, you know, I wasn't, like, picking it apart going, oh, you know, this is too little or blah, blah, blah. Like, I was just in Well, people are so creative when it comes to setting their rig in the place to make, even if it's out of scale – People have a really good uh, imagination to get a picture that scales it in. Oh, yeah, with, like, some trick photography and mm-hmm. getting down, you know, like, on the same level as a car and laying on your belly to take pictures and, yeah, that stuff. It, I don't know what it is, but, man, Scale RC seems to bring out the photographer in everybody. It's so Be- weird. Because what it comes down to is it comes down to how far can you push that envelope to get it out of scale or do you get it out of a toy and into being possibly a real rig oh yeah because it's it's fun to kind of trick people like i love those like real or rc posts that people make you know and it's like i've gotten fooled a few times well the ones i love is i follow a lot of like you know real crawling groups or real you know like chevy groups and whatever and i always love these guys because you know they're what they're doing is they're trying to run a page for people to like admire stuff and they'll just post something up and they'll be like like they'll post up this rig and they'll be like oh check out blah 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 and they like and it's funny because i'll see it and i go dude they just shared somebody's scale rig and they thought it was real (laughs) and you're just like and these are people that are like all they're doing is posting like other people's rides. Like there, it's, it's I've seen it with the jeeps. Um, actually, that's how because um, I we because uh, I'm kind of buddies with this one to one shop up in Auburn, WFO Concepts. They 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 always build jeeps and you know trucks and all the stuff to go wheeling. And their media guy goes on Instagram and he looks up the hashtag. WFO Concepts, and then he looks at what people have posted. Well, Elio had just gotten back from one of these trips, and I printed out these little – they look just like their real window banners that you can put on, like I have on my Chevy, and it said WFO Concepts. He put it on a scale Jeep, and he had a picture of it coming through something, and the guy thought Elio posted his Jeep, so he shared it and said, check out Elio's you know, Jeep, and da 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 Looks like he's having fun out in the snow, and I'm sitting here cracking Rad. up. Yeah. <laughs> A toy. That's not even a real <laughs> That video with the red CRC Jeep, I think Revis had done it, where he's like on this little like goat trail, like yes. Rock Cliff. There there were so many people that thought that was real. I was seeing like arguments about it online. You know, people going, no, it's a real Jeep. Yep. Yeah, that was great. No, the tricking people is pretty fun. And that, that kind of 
I need to say this so that it's in your head because otherwise I'll forget. You know, Brad Perry would probably be a great guest to have and have mm-hmm. an entire episode dedicated to scale photography because yep. that dude, he's a master. So that would be really, really cool to have him on sometime. So I just wanted to put that in your head before it, it evacuated mine and never <laughs> never found again. But yeah, um, I was going to say, Jay, do you have a counter on this? Do you know where we're at? Uh, one hour, 27 minutes. Okay, so we're right about our, our normal. Mm-hmm. So. Um, is, well, let me look because that was only one of the questions that we had. Um, nope, that was it. <laughs> that was the only one was Chris on that post, so. Yeah, um, was I going to say? Yeah, no, everything's, you know, like I said, I'm loving the feedback. Like I said, it's awesome getting answers. Like I said, I'll go back and do it right now. Like, um, it's just because now I can get off our questionnaire so I don't lose it. Oh, I just wanted to say a couple things and then that's really about it. Um, yeah, so the message is the guy who messaged me about, like I said, he always, he had questions and he, and he always said, he goes, they're not really questions for the show. They're just questions I have, you know, being new to the hobby. His name's uh, Seth Alonzo. Yeah, I didn't know you were that guy. I am sending all the newbie phone calls to you now. <laughs> He's Go the perfect for person for it. Yep. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, I have no problem. Um, I try to do the best I can. I don't like to like. I don't ever want to sound like I'm like some like expert or whatever. Um, it's just interesting because I, you know, I got into this. I think I bought my first rig. I want to say around two, 2010. I want to say 2010 ish. I bought my first rig, and what's funny was. I was like that guy who I got the rig, and my goal was, yeah, I want to make it look believable. So I built my first rig, and I thought it was pretty cool, and I was all stoked with it. And then I stumbled across the forums because back then Facebook and Instagram – well, Instagram I don't even think existed, but Facebook wasn't really – driven towards that it was you still had forums so when we were on the rc forums i finally found like oh there's people that actually go out and do trail runs together like we do with our one-to-one rig so i'm like oh that's cool let's check it out i showed up and it was like i felt like the new kid in the class you were like yeah i walk in like i thought i had everything was pretty cool and then you get there and you're just like whoa there's so (laughs) much more here going on that i ever thought possible this is insane and then you get hooked and then it's like to watch the evolution of where it was then and to see where it is now, it is truly mind-blowing. And dude, yeah. even just in the last year, you know, like this past year we have seen so many new things and just crazy stuff. I mean, well, it I, I got to give you guys a pat on the back though. You get you answer the same question from new hobbyist over and over again with the same energy as you like you said you've been in got in in 2010 and you still answer those same questions with uh with a lot of energy and that's awesome yeah you're not saying google's your friend yeah that's that's hard to do and and we need people in this hobby that are willing to to do that and thank you guys for that well you know i've I was that guy at one point, you know, I was asking those questions. Hey, what all of this? us were though. And that's and, what people are forgetting. And it's like, yeah. And so that's why I try not to be too hard and, you know, and, and it is, it's like, it's, it's, it's not always the easiest because, you know, you got some people that are already, I guess, what's the word 
they already have an answer in their mind of what they want to oh, hear. Yeah. So if it's not what you're saying, they kind of go, okay, whatever, anyways. So it's like that's why I try to answer it the same way because I'm not going to tell somebody they need to buy this because it's the best or it's this or that. I'll just tell you what I'm using, what works for me, and I'll tell you basically the reasonings why I did that and then take that and apply it to what you're doing because, yeah. you know, like I get it. There's a lot of guys um, – there's another guy, Scooter Scott. He he gets a hold of me all the time. Like he was asking me some questions about motors, and he was asking me about the sealed can um, home hobbies, the the non rebuildable, the sport series, and um, you know, because not you know not everybody wants to go out and get like the expert one, you, you know, where it's hand wound and all that. And you know, I, I'm answering them all the same because you know I want to see somebody get out there and enjoy it I don't care if you're buying a $200 motor or a $15 motor if you're going out there and having fun that's what we're trying to do yeah exactly um, and here here's the other thing too and I just I said it before and I wanted to touch on that again too is you know when you are asking questions of people and they tell you oh this is the best like don't don't believe them like ask the right questions like why why is this motor the best why should i choose this company don't just take people's word for it because there's so many like bro deals going on out there and sponsorships and stuff where people just say whatever so they're fulfilling their duties and they're really doing a disservice to people by just saying you know whatever so you know if you are sponsored by somebody you know a brand and you're able to help answer a question explain to them the things that make that product your choice why that is what you would use why that you know what the features and benefits are um you know like get some real information don't just you know oh the, the holmes motor's the best and that's it you know that you know if they leave it at that they're they're lying to you so make sure that someone is telling you why you should get something not just what it is that you should get because that's a huge thing yeah um, kind of like when jay says you need to run the ifs kit because he likes team associated <laughs> <laughs> which i would never do just to, yeah hey just to reiterate I, that no i i do i'm just i'm just poking fun um no it's like because i know i'm guilty of it too um you know I, if someone asked me a question about servos you know i'm gonna push mks but I'm not just going to say MKS because I'm sponsored. I'll give you the reasons why. Yeah, and that's what you should do, and that's a responsible way of helping people. Um, so right now, I am, uh, for those of you that are listening that are our Patreon contributors, we are doing a giveaway for a prize pack. And so I had uh, posted that we would be uh, drawing that person's name at the end of the show. So I am actually videoing... Uh, the number being generated here so that we can announce the winner <laughs> and it just went straight to one so dan sutherland he is the guy awesome so, yay yeah. so right on thank you dan so why why we have brett and brenda here there there's something that i want to uh go over with them and ask them because it's you better make it quick, Brenda. Put her pajamas on. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so, so co coming from a racing background, this was a big step into unknown territory for you guys. And what what I'd like to ask you guys and like hear your thoughts is like, what do you think of all this? Like this side of the hobby, 
how it is so much different than racing and the personalities are different, different demographic. Like, what's your overall impression been? And what are the things that have actually, like, drawn you to this hobby that keep you interested in it? You know, like, what... Because you can't do something well and thorough and do a good job on it unless you're passionate about what it is that you're doing, you know? And that was one of the things that... There was times where I was kind of like wondering if I was like forcing you guys into it, you know, like when I would kind of like ask you to go on trail runs, I was like, man, you know, I hope I'm not like making them feel guilty, you know, inviting them, you know, trying to get them out here and stuff. Um, Well, honestly, when we went on those trail runs with you, I left those thinking there's no way we can even touch that and, and, and bring that type of experience that these guys are after. But then as we started to explore in our imaginations and we came up and you, you, you know, you really helped inspire the build we had last summer. And then we got to see some of our boys and girl club day camps come through there and have these kids not be able to barely get around the RC track without breaking up equipment that we supply, but yet can get on the scale trail and learn how to drive at that speed and still be challenged and giggle and enjoy themselves. And that did it for me. Really? Yeah. When I saw that we can open up a world like this to to kids and families, and it doesn't have to be a rock, you know, conquering experience if you bring, you know, bring it to a scale um, experience. Yeah, because that's the thing is like, this hobby's grown where, I mean, yeah, its roots were in rock crawling, but the majority of what's offered is trail trucks. And there's a lot of people, not just across the country, but across the world that don't have access to crazy rock areas like what we have here. And their scale RC time is trails, you know. It's, well, it's so- and, and the whole Recon G6 you're sharing with me too, I really, really, you know, can, can see... I feel what what he's got going there, and I really appreciate what uh, what what he's doing with just the whole vibe of Recon yeah. G Six. Isn't he great? Par- I don't know. He's if- he's unreal. Yeah, yeah. I don't Adam, have it. you met Parker before? Have I met Parker before? Do you know how many G Six I've been to? <laughs> well, I I didn't know if you've like you know had time to like speak to him and stuff. I've never met the guy. I'd love to have him on and talk to him sometime. But I'm really kind of like, fanboying on, yeah, on him right now. Him. Me too. Yeah, me too. You like know, like we've been cyber stalking him a bit. <laughs> I, I was a huge fan of his events, and we modeled our events at our club. Uh, you know, that were like basically half Recon G Six, half scale. Sorka competition and kind of meshed the two together and I've always liked what he does I like the funny awards and stuff that he would do and like his enthusiasm like Parker is an incredible cheerleader for the hobby and yeah he's really into it with the kids too and, and yeah, we I, just we kind of we found him and I think we're kindred spirits if we ever got to meet I think you we'd bet be good, good it, it, exactly because yeah like it's the appeal of what he's got going on is the same thing that you guys are trying to generate and bring yeah. that experience to everybody here. And, uh, no, I, I think that that's a great, a great model for us, but what's, uh, so you, you've met him then Adam. So tell, tell us a little bit about Brian Parker. 
oh, he's every bit you you see it. You know, there's no like how he acts. Like when you see the videos and stuff, there's no there's no um, it's not like false. It's not sugarcoating. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, um, and I don't want to say too much without like. I don't know what's the word. Um, there's some stuff that used to happen to early G6s that were, let's say, not. They were PG-13. Yeah. They were not. They're not. That's I mean, how it he, always works. <laughs> he, used to, he, used to, he used to have this bit called Captain Axial, and he'd wear this kilt, and he'd have this like G-string on underneath it, and he used to like oh, would jump to try like he like jump in front of people where it would fly up, and yeah, that was like. A very lovely. Oh, time. that's actually the bride I want to meet now. Come on, <laughs> that could be great around the campfire. Yeah, that's so, really funny. But, but yeah, and then um, you know, and we and like I said, I've been to numerous um, G6s uh, from birthday bash to taters and kilts to oh god, what's the other ones? We had um, the there was one specifically for NorCal. It was the April. We, I nicknamed it the April Showers because I was impressed with how many people actually came out to crawl. But we showed up at Rollins Lake, and it was like torrential downpour the entire time. And there was like 60 people out on trail. And there you go. That's another awesome yeah. thing about this hobby, this side of the hobby, is we can run an event even if it rains. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, just a whole other layer of fun that you're putting on it. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so it was a lot of so it, it's a lot of fun. So um, no, Parker brings a lot of um, you know he brings a lot to the table, and you know his the, his style of events have definitely put like a I guess what can you say um, kind of like a benchmark for everybody else to kind of follow. Well, and, and um, I hope he feels appreciated and not taken advantage of because he has really paved the way for for you know these people. For a lot of, of uh, some of the new adventures um, competitions that you're seeing out there, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Adam, you're kind of you're like us. I mean, you're not much of a comp guy, but you're all about adventure type uh, scale driving and stuff. And that's always been the most enjoyable thing for me. Comps is definitely second, and I, I think that's one of the things we noticed with Die Hard is the adventure theme is kind of the direction that we're going. We'll we'll do yeah. some comp stuff and some things like that because those really are fun, you know, and it's not as serious as racing, but you can be competitive and kind of test your might, if you will, a little bit. And so it's, you know, it's pretty cool, but it, it's nice being able to like have, you know, because you're an enthusiast for this segment of Scale RC, and so... You know, it's nice hearing, you know, your thoughts on this and what Parker's done and stuff. And, you know, it's I, I don't know what it is, but that adventure style events that kind of cracked the code and seems to be what everybody wants. Well, because like, like I said in the past, you know, like the, the scale RC doesn't really have like, you know, it's not a race. It's not a, you know, you, you, like there are people that, that, you know, could turn anything into a race. I mean, example, like, I mean, look at the ultra drivers when, you know, they come, you know, that was always the joke. We'd always be like, you know, we'd always have that one guy at the event who's trying to do everything at 100 miles an hour. So we used to always tease and yell, ultra driver coming through. And, you know, because, and they <laughs> falling over everybody. And, you know, but that kind of gave almost like the scale world a purpose because now it's like everybody can do this. Everybody can go out, enjoy the trail. And, you know, that's a lot of, in my opinion, I think he, like he is, he's a lot of the reason why 
like Axial Fest has themes. Why there is a theme? Because that was his thing. He always had a theme, and he encouraged everybody going to participate in that theme one way or another. I think one of my favorites that I saw with him was the the kind of class photo for one of the Axial Fest where it's the whole group, and everybody's wearing tinfoil hats. Yes, that was um, what was that one called? There was a there was a there was a there was a, um, a theme for that one. I forget what it, it was. was. Way before my time, but I yeah. I kind of dug a little bit that into was, it, and that was there 20, was supp- that was twenty fourteen. Okay, there there was I guess supposedly an abduction near Donner at one point in history and it was kind of a big thing and famous and I was wondering if that's kind of you know since Cisco and stuff's up in that area if that's kind of what inspired that whole thing because it was just funny as hell looking at that picture and like everybody's got these funny tinfoil hats on and it was just like just uh, it just cracked me up is all I figured there's got to be some sort of a story to it yes I honestly forget what we called that one that year because I just remember that the theme was put like little aliens and stuff and <laughs> and you know have the tinfoil hats and that was like that was the theme that year and then yeah and then it was that that's why honestly I think the prospect theme was actually one of my favorite ones but the thing that kind of bummed me out that they chose prospect was because the gold rush one that Parker did in 2015 was kind of like the same thing. So I was like, oh. you guys are kind of like doing the same thing over again. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of like what inspired that. And I think that's also kind of why, like you got Proline by the fire. That's now having kind of like these themed, you know, events now. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. And why yeah. not? It's fun. You know, why not? Like it, I'm go- looking forward to some of the, two-day events that we've got scheduled out at the park because I, I, I think we'll be able to incorporate people that want to compete along with people that are there for the experience of just the adventure. Just, just cruising the trail. You know? We've got like exactly. six women that have bought crawlers well, in with, anticipation. Oh, no of, kidding. Wow. Yeah, we're going to have a whole crawler women's team. With That's the, uh, so great. We're, with the, the addition of, of the future you know, tough truck area and the future mud trail with uh, Bashland. Uh, there's just going to be racing. there's just going to be opportunities for people to try all kinds of things. I think it'll be fun because they'll have a lot of different stuff that they can choose to participate in or not participate yep. in. You know, and it's just or just and, watch. and again, that's how Axial Fest was though. It's like you show up and there there was rock racing, there was the ultra stuff. There, I mean, there was just so many cool things going on that you could do if you felt like it, or you could just not and just go do your own thing at your own pace and have fun and that i think that's like the beauty of this hobby and like what we're trying to bring to everybody is the fact that it's just you can make you get out of it exactly what you want to make it into you know like you it's it's like that one thing that you can do in life where it's not serious and you can kind of forget everything else going on, have some chuckles with your buddies and stuff. And I, for me, with racing and stuff, you know, it was like racing RC cars was always a serious thing, and I had never driven them for fun. And now it's like my favorite thing in the world, you know. And so it's it's just you totally get out of it what whatever it is that you want. There is no wrong way in this hobby, and it, it's pretty great that uh, – you know, we've got people like Brett and Brenda that, you know, want to 
bring these fun experiences to people and to the families and create these lasting memories because that's the stuff that people are going to talk about like hey remember last summer when we did that camp out and there was drag racing and we all drove around at night and then we went and drove in the mud and you know i mean it's just like axial fetch is like four or five days of rc disneyland and that is exactly what you get out at the park and that was such a special thing for me when i went to axial fest it was just such a mind-blowing experience, and I think it's something that everybody's got to experience at least once because there's nothing else like it. And that's why this has been so exciting because we can, you know, we're bringing that to people every day, you know, and it's easily accessible and local. And so I, I am really looking forward to this summer, and it's been so much fun working with you guys and bouncing ideas back and forth each other at you know midnight one in the morning and sending pictures and video links and stuff and it's so cool seeing your enthusiasm for this because i was worried that i was like man you know am i dragging them into something that they're not really gonna be all that into because they are so into racing and stuff and you know like it i was i was sold on it when i heard you talk about you know, oh yeah, we were out the other night, you know, it was, it was a weeknight you were talking about and you had some company over and oh yeah, we went and drove the trails that night and stuff. And it was so cool hearing that you were doing that without me there because then I didn't feel like this was something I was trying to like shove down your guys's throat that like, Hey, we need to do this, you know, and seeing your enthusiasm and love for it grow. And then like with the buildings now for the scale town and everything, I mean, it's just, it, it's been not just fun to be a part of, but it's been super, super fun to just watch also because it's, it's something new and you guys have those like, you know, the big wide excited eyes, you know, for the hobby right now. And it's, it's just, it's been cool. So, you know, I, it, it, I haven't had a chance to really like stop and think about it and actually thank you guys for going along with all this and doing all this, but you know, thank you for, you know, bringing this to everybody because it really is a special thing. And there's so many people excited for this summer to get things going out there and start spending some weekends and have fun. So just, we're very lucky to have you guys here. Oh, we're excited to be here and we love working with you. So thank you. I appreciate that. I can have a really bad idea and you'll tell me that. So (laughs) (laughs) you don't really though. You kind of, you don't (laughs) like it. It's just, everything has flowed so well and just, you know, and it's now it's like almost to the point where it's like, I can just turn you guys loose because like you're, you know, you're right there with what I know now and it's, it's great, you know, so Oh, you know, it's just been I, 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 I can't wait to see what the West Coast has to offer as far as who's out there building scale. I mean, let's. That's what I really yeah. want this to inspire is people to, to, to modelers. You know, to yeah. build these scale rigs and and build that scale um, community. You go, you look at the East Coast. You look at the UK. Huge on scale. You oh, know. Yeah. Yeah, so so I'm I'm curious to see what the West Coast uh, what shows up on the West Coast when we give them a place like this to bring and uh, show showcase what they do. Yeah, exactly. Now I look forward to some good events and some fun times out there. Well, thank you guys very very much. I appreciate you taking the time to do this with us I, i'm sorry adam was so late you dude brendan never cusses and you should have heard what she was saying about you oh man 
I was so late. We always start about seven thirty. It was eight thirty. Listen to Jay talking about it was late. Yeah. Eight thirty. Uh, like and she called you a dirty like and it was a B word. I did not. Brett said that you had a J Lo booty and that was really all he had to say about you. So oh, well, like, that, that was kind of nice. Of hey, that would be a compliment, not an insult. I know, right? Oh, okay. Oh man, <laughs> give me some J Lo ass. I, mine fell down my legs a long time ago. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, thanks again, you guys. And uh, Adam, you got anything else? No, that's it. Um. We want to, you know, like I said, continue doing what you're doing. If you guys see anything out there you want us to report on, feel free to message us. Um, you know, try to have fun out there. We did a, we had a goal. I'm not going to break it now, but we had a goal. We didn't want to talk about something this entire time. We hope you now can take what I'm trying to say and you can fill in the blank and just try to have fun during this time, and we will see you next week. Awesome. See ya. Awesome, guys. See guys. Thanks for having us on. Bye.